Praise the Lord. Huh? How, how wonderful that uh, we could have, uh, you could be a freshman and beginning your college career by hearing uh, this kind of word, right? Every human being should be so fortunate. How could it be that we're here hearing these things? This is wonderful, right? Wonderful. And uh, we're talking about Daniel. And, you know, I always like Daniel and I always like David and uh, so many of the different uh, stories. And there were always uh, neat events. I was always impressed, right? The lion's den, the fiery furnace, and, uh, you know, maybe you're you kind of looking at your life and your circumstances and your situations. You kind of feel like uh, uh, you've been in a few fiery furnaces. Uh, you've been in, uh, had a few uh, uh, lions. You've been in the, uh, you know, the den of lions or, or the lion's den. Uh, sometimes we feel that kind of hot, moist breath of the lion on our neck. And, and uh, so we, we try to apply things. Uh, and we even take some principles, right? Uh, I thought it was really good when uh, Kyle was sharing about that, that human image. Um, it is true. It is true, right? Um, in life, we find ourselves in circumstances that we just didn't expect. We didn't expect. expect. And all of a sudden, certain things come upon us, right? And uh, I would say it's a common occurrence, to be in a situation where there's a big golden human image. And that image is not the image of our creator. It's the image of the corruptible man and something that they, uh, they highly esteem. And, uh, and, and uh, just like when we're singing a song, there's a spirit moving in us and you just, you know, it just moves you, right? Uh, in the world, there is an evil spirit, right? There's an evil spirit, and, uh, and it moves the worldly people. And if you have an ear for that music, they know when to bow down to that image. You know, I've been in situations where there's uh, there are sit- companies or people or situations, and you know... If you fawn over that person or flatter that person or go along with them, people are doing things merely to win favor because they, they're, they're worried about their position. They're worried about their, their compensation. They're worried about all kinds of things. And because they, uh, to them, the source of those things is that, is that great image, that they fold. The music plays, their knees fold. There's no thought. Their knees fold. But, you know, uh, I think it's really our experience. And you'll find out more and more what is in you, right? Sometimes we try to think, how would I do this? How would I do, do that? But what's so wonderful about the Christian life is there has been something or someone sewn into our being, right? And this person does not fold, right? This person doesn't have the impulse to bow their knees and go along. And so I was considering, as Kai was sharing, you know, when you get into the analysis game, you know, you try to analyze, gee, do I go along with this? Do I do that? It's like, in a sense, you start to lose the battle already. But in our experience, we know so many times we're presented with situations and right away we have no taste for that thing. 
right? We have no taste, so we just spit it out, right? And I bet you, I bet you with Daniel and his companions, they kind of started getting the vibes when they were there. They started kind of getting a little provoked in their spirit. But when things were, were, were shared right away, they just knew. They had no taste for that thing, no taste. And so, so they said, you don't even need to ask us. It's not a question about whether or not we're going to bow. It's a question of whether or not we're going to burn in the fiery furnace or be delivered by our God. But either way, either way, you can bet you know we're not bowing. We're not bowing our knee. And so I was considering, how do you get to be a person like that? I want to be that kind of person. And when I first became a Christian, I was in awe of people that I saw go through certain situations. Brothers that had... um, and I, I'm thinking of uh, two specifically that had life-threatening illnesses, and and um, and yet they were rejoicing. The testimony of one of those brothers was, "Hey, when you found out that you had this disease, and it is a terminal disease, you know, what was your what was your feeling? Were you despairing?" He says, I was liberated. I was liberated. Because he just, he realized now in Christ alone. He was done hoping in anything else, right? Hoping to pay off your mortgage early, hoping to get a better job, right? Hoping to be some spiritual leader, hoping to do this, hoping to this. Nothing matters but Christ alone. And when we get brought to that point, we find out that he satisfies more than we could ever imagine. So I was considering, you know, Daniel, you know, uh, these things didn't happen in a vacuum. And, you know, and so when when we look at the story of the lion's den or we look at the story story of the fiery furnace and we try to apply it to print in our life again those principles are good right we don't indulge in self-glorification and we don't you know we don't uh we don't uh we we take care of the word of god everything is very good but really we want to see it in the context of the the book of daniel right whenever you read a novel the first four chapters it's like you got to make it through because there's the introduction of the characters and there's the plot and there's a they got to set all the stage and the scenery and then the good stuff comes after that right so what's the background with daniel chris shared a little bit about it right it was a difficult situation but i bet you know something how did daniel know to not be defiled by the king's meat i I bet you the reason why is because before the babylonians even came while they were still surrounding the city you know the situation there wasn't good it was not a good situation god's people had forsaken him there were all kinds of prophets that were prophesying false things. The only faithful prophet was the prophet of Jeremiah. And you read Jeremiah, he was clear. These, the children of Israel, the, uh, of Jude, they forsook, they forsook God, right? And there was all kinds of corruption. So no doubt Daniel, as a young person there, he had a heart for God. And so even when he was among God's people, he realized, I need to, I need to not participate in that corrupt thing, right? I need to not, not go there. Um, and so he developed a habit of what? One, believing God's word, and two, two, not going along with corruption, right? There's always a price. Whenever there's an opportunity in the world or anything, it's always... It's like when you go to eat at a wedding feast or uh, uh, some kind of, it's, it's not just the food you're eating. It's, it's the companionship. It's the atmosphere. It's the friend, all that you're taking in. 
And so Daniel, no doubt, he realized, I'm not going to partake of the corruption here. Right. And he was somebody he believed the word. We know we know that that Daniel believed the word because he uh, he read the book of Jeremiah and he realized that God's people were going to be taken into captivity for 70 years. So no doubt when the Babylonians came and everything, he was uh, Jeremiah was telling them, you need to realize this is of God and you need to cooperate and just go along. But the other people, they chose to believe the false prophets. And so in a sense, they resisted to their detriment and they got wiped out. But Daniel, I'm sure, right, believing Jeremiah, he realized it. So what? His life was preserved. But then when he got to Babylon, you know, what did he do? He was already practiced in being supplied by God's word and being nourished by God's word. And so when all the other people were, were getting the king's meat provided to them, what did he do? He had no heart because he knew his strength, his ability to stand was related to God's word. So he, he had no desire to go into those things. And because his strength and his ability to stand came from God's word, what, he was a young person that was full of light, full of life. So when the dream came, when the vision came, right, Nebuchadnezzar's vision, what appeared to be so beautiful to the people who were worldlings, to the people who were drunk with the desire for glory and fame and power, to them that vision was something beautiful, that golden image. But to Daniel, he was clear it was a beast. It was something ugly. It wasn't something to be desired. So he was, he was clear in his being. And so then uh, after that, there was... Uh, the, uh, the fiery furnace with, with Daniel and his companions. Again, they were, they were already in the practice of being strengthened by God's word, of resting and trusting in God's word, of praying together, of seeking God and getting their supply together. So when that situation happened, they, 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 had, they had no part of it. And so then finally we come to this next portion that we're all very familiar with, right? It's a... Um, di- uh, um, uh, Daniel and the lion's den. And it's amazing that this takes place after the Babylonians are gone, right? It takes place when there's a new a new uh, ruler. It's Darius the Medes. No relation. No relation to me. Okay. And, um, and, 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 and it's amazing again. How did Daniel... He started in Jerusalem, circled by the Babylonians. But because he had a regard for God's word, was he one of the ones that perished or who fled away to Egypt? No, he was one of the ones who was in captivity. I don't know about you. It is better to be in captivity with God's people than apart from God's people and and, and be in in Egypt. Right. Right? And so he started there. He made the transition. He's in Babylon. And he understands, according to Jeremiah 25, that it's because of of God's people's rebellion that God has given them over. And he has measured out to them 70 years. He read that verse and he knew it. And so he constantly found strength by understanding that these things of Babylon are not going to be here forever. So he had no desire to put down roots. He had no desire to play games to try to jockey for position or to get himself some kind of temporary gain. Yet, yet, it's amazing that, that he would rise to such, such a level of power. So he made that first transition. He also made the transition, right, 
from being in Babylonian captivity to all of a sudden Darius the Mede. You know, who determined? Who was the one who decided that Darius would come and slay Belteshazzar? I mean, it's just God. It was God's arrangement, right? The 70 years of captivity were coming to a close. The Babylonians have served their purpose. God just moved them out of the way, and he he brought in the Medes. He brought in the Medes and the Persians. And so you have have Daniel there. um, And again, how did Daniel end up being appointed to be one of the chief ministers? We'll go through the story real quick, right? So Darius killed or assassinated Belteshazzar. And there's a whole story in there in Daniel about that. But then Darius, he had 120 provinces. And over the 120 provinces, he had what's called the satrap, or satrap, I don't know how you say it. And uh, they were an important guy. That's what we know, right? They were over the 120 provinces. And then over the 120, there were three chief ministers. And it was their job to... Uh, get reports and understand everything, give advice, so that the king would not suffer loss. And it said that Daniel distinguished himself from among these. He distinguished himself by what? By giving the advice that spared the kingdom from suffering loss. And so what was the reward for his superior service? The other 120 satraps, the chief ministers, the other two, all the good, they all plotted. They plotted. How can we snag this guy, Daniel? How can we get rid of him? Because against him, none of us shine, right? He's bright and shining, and we're dull and dimwitted. Even it says Darius considered setting him over the entire kingdom, the entire kingdom. And so uh, they plotted. They said, you know, we can't get, we can't find anything wrong with this guy. There is zero chance we're going to trip him up unless, unless it's something related to his God, to the law. And so, of course, they plotted and they said, listen, we're going to have the king sign an edict that nobody can pray. Nobody can pray to any God for 30 days. And if you do, the lion's dead, right? So Daniel, being a perceptive man, analyzed the situation. He said, listen, it's very easy. I'll just wait 30 days and I won't pray. (laughs) No. I even wonder, Daniel, man, why do you got to be so absolute? Why do you got to be so extreme? What's the deal? Lighten up. But, you know, it's... In a sense, it's illogical because, you know, Daniel by this time was an old man. And he had been through countless trials, circumstances, situations. And he knew one thing. He knew one thing. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out through the mouth of God. He had been through too many things. And so he knew the only way for him to live was to what? open his windows towards Jerusalem and to take in the word of God as his supply. So no doubt he just went there again with no question, no anything. He went there to do what he's always done. That is bask in the glory of God in the word to, to be infused with everything that God was right. 
so that he could be the embodiment of God. Yeah. It's not like he found out by Jeremiah 25, gee, what is God's will? Oh, yeah, 70 years. Wow, how close are we? 70 years, few more years. Man, they want to throw me in the lion's den. If I could like, go hide out for 30 days or month, maybe I can make... No, he was the embodiment. God's heart was his heart, and he was supplied by it, right? And it's, it's really interesting. You know, a lot of times um, there's so many variables, so many things that can happen in our life. You know, we, we won't want to have a rule. We want to have an idea, a principle, so that when problems come, we'll not handle it. But, um, you know, with Daniel, he, he knew the only thing was God's presence, was God's word, was God's supply. And, and, and so he, he right away, he right away, um, he did what, in a sense, was illogical. He prayed, right? And he got caught. He got caught. And um, the king was grieving that he got caught. And the king was trying to figure out a way to have him be exempt, to have him be exempt. But the law was firm. The law was firm. And so uh, they, they threw him in the lion's den. They threw him in the lion's den. By this time, uh, Daniel was an old man, right? He wasn't a young guy. He, uh, and so he got thrown into the lion's den. And the uh, king fasted and, and, uh, and, and prayed. And the whole night, I don't know if it says prayed, but he fasted. And then the whole night, he uh, didn't sleep. And the next morning, it said with a sad voice, he went to the lion's den. He called out, Daniel, oh, Daniel, has your God delivered you? Right? Is the living God in whom you trust delivered you? And, uh, and he said, oh, king, you know, let's see. In the back, we have the verses here. Does somebody have it there? And then what else does he... 21? Yep, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me. And as much as before him, innocence was found in me and also before you. O king, I have done no harm. It's amazing. And so um, I just was considering, right, this whole story. And again, here it's seeing all the principles um, and it's inspiring. But there's there's something deeper here, right? There's something deeper here than just kind of personal victory or 101 ways to escape the mouths of lions, right? Or, or how not to be bitter when you pass through burning situations, right? There's something deeper. And what's deeper here is we have to see, right, behind the scenes, there is a, a war in the universe, right? Yes. There is Satan and there is God, Satan and God. And God, he has given over authority over his creation to man, right? Man was created in his image and likeness to have dominion, to to bear God's image and to exercise his dominion. And so it matters to the uttermost what is in man's heart. And the fact that Daniel, Daniel is somebody, it's not just that they overcome the fiery furnace. It wasn't just that they were spared from the lions. It was that Daniel, Daniel had become, through the course of his human life, one with God. One with God so that not there, God, who was in the heavens with his eternal desire, 
to have a city on earth with his people. That this became Daniel's heart, right? It's what supplied him. It's what sustained him. So he would go there and open the word and he would see and he would pray and he would be supplied. And so Daniel was one with God and he prayed God's will every time when his spirit was provoked and he saw what was going on in Babylon. No doubt he would pray and join himself, Lord, your people, Lord, your city, Lord, Jerusalem, right? And so Satan understands that God, in order for God to move on this earth, he needs men to pray. He needs people to match him. And so... Daniel was a real threat to the enemy. So Satan instigated those other satraps and those other people to be jealous of Daniel. Those people thought, we're just eliminating our competition, right? Sure, self-serving, selfish, not in the best interest of the kingdom, all kinds of bad things. But those bad things pale when you look at what was really going on, and that was Satan trying to cut off God's channel of prayer. Right. As long as God had Daniel and his companions, God could point to them and say, look it right. These ones, these ones, what do they care for? They don't care for position. They don't care for their own welfare. What they care for is my heart. Right. And it's amazing that um, these ones, right, these ones, it, it seems like. Uh, what, what does this have to do with us today? Right. And, and gee, a Dan, Daniel is a man, oh man, Daniel and Moses, and they were, they were big guys, and we're just kind of, but you know, uh, because of Daniel, the captivity could be ended, and God's people could return to Jerusalem, right? Well, uh, we're here now, and in a sense, the whole earth is in captivity, even to a large extent, right? God's people are just in captivity. And the Lord needs some that would find out what is on his heart, right? Some that would pass through so many experiences so that on one hand, we're being supplied and saved. On the other hand, we're being supplied and saved by being saturated with God to such a point that eventually what's on our heart is just what's on God's heart. You know, consider Daniel as a young person. If his goal was to have some kind of Christian testimony, I'd like to excel among my peers. I'd like to show that taking the Christian way is better than taking the Babylonian way. I'd like to uh, give better advice than all the others. I'd like to have a place of prominence so others can realize that, you know, with Jesus, you can do everything better. Just think how dismayed he would have been even how stumbled he would have been when he realized that there's a choice it was it was all over right it was all he was getting thrown into the lion's den and his whole idea of of having a place of prominence of being a good testimony was over because but but that wasn't his goal that wasn't his goal his his goal was to was to, to love God, right? His goal, his goal was to love the Lord and to love his word. He was absolutely, it's kind of like when the Lord Jesus was praying about the cup passing from him. He said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass. 
In a sense, the Lord Jesus, he didn't want, as a man, he didn't want to have to suffer. It wasn't, he wasn't saying suffering is my absolute goal to prove that I'm absolute for God. What was absolute was God's will, was God's will. And when God's will was that he went to the cross, he willingly went and laid down his life. And so Daniel is a picture. It's a picture of somebody, right, who, who starts out as a young person. You have a young person who has a heart for God and believes God's word. And at the end of the course of his life, right, they, they pass through test after test after test, and they're still remaining. And they're not just remaining, right, we hope, right, our prayers that we all would remain, whether we die or we stay, right? We like to rem- we like to be found in him. Just as just as Daniel was. But but with Daniel, with Daniel the point is is that after his whole life, he was somebody who cared for nothing but was a, what was on God's heart. All he cared for was that the release from captivity and for God's people to return to Jerusalem. So he uh he couldn't he couldn't be stumbled by anything then lastly you know you could say wow i guess if we just love god absolutely and take care of his word that's the the way to become the ceo you know you a lot of people you know they want somehow success condones their 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 whatever but i was also considering look at jeremiah look at jeremiah you know, in the same way, these two people, they had the same formula. They had the same formula. Outwardly, very different situations, right? Who wouldn't want to, in a sense, be Daniel, pass through all those things, end up being, you know, having the, like Joseph, the kingdom, you know. But look at Jeremiah, very outwardly differently. But I bet you, I bet you, right, they were had the same inward reality. Like Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always, right? Rejoice. They were, their reality was God, right? Their reality was God. And because their reality was God, they, they couldn't be moved by anything. They, they couldn't be distracted. They couldn't be stumbled. And they afforded God a way to move on the earth. Amen. So I think this is what we all want, right? Right? As young people, as young people, to be, to be in a college, to have so many years in front of you, right? We don't want to mis-aim. We don't want to, you know, when you aim, you just mis-aim a little bit and, and you, you miss the target. So, so the Lord in his mercy and his love, he gives us patterns in the word of ones that have not mis-aimed from so many different directions. Jeremiah did not mis-aim. Right? Daniel did not miss aim. The Apostle Paul did not miss aim. And uh, so we pray, Lord, have mercy on us. May we have no other goal but you. Right? No other goal but you. And may we love you. Right? Last thing, and then I'm closing. Okay? We all, you look at Daniel's life and you say, my goodness, what a, what, what a life, to have that kind of life. You know, but just considering, you know, in order to have good, a good life, you have to have good years. In order to have good years, you have to have good months. In order to have good months, you need good weeks. And if you want good weeks, you have to have a good day, right? And so what's so important is day by day, what do we do? Day by day, we eat the vegetables. Day by day, we're nourished so that we have good days and what we get good weeks and good months and then good years. 
And our life becomes a channel that allows God to move on the earth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.